Thoughts and prayers. I'm Thank throwing you. Full House into the deep end. And I'm are also... we sorry? Are we live on the air? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm throwing you and I'm throwing you and A right into the deep end because yeah. I'm I'm exhausted. So I want to get going. Fair, fair. I feel like we. I forced us into a very chaotic uh, energy filled day because this day has been kind of like a, just a wild day, nothing too serious, but the vibes are off, which is actually, I think, perfect for a 9-11 episode, but I don't know. I, I apologize. I really did fuck this one up. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. The lights are shining upon me right now. I just love <laughs> oof, the, oof. The, the Oculus. Yeah, the Oculus. Well, have you, uh, have either of you, well, okay, let's just, let's just be proper. Pool House is back. Pool House, give them your at and tell them the name of your podcast. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's uh, great to be back at Thoughts and Prayers Nation. I'm Pool House, aka DJ Pool House. Um, you can find me anywhere. Go to backlash2ks.org uh, at, or at DJ Pool House, et cetera, et cetera. I've kind of like, I'm all over the place, as you know, nowadays. Yeah, and I actually think, A, we haven't said this enough at the top of the episode, because I don't think anyone makes it all the way to the last minutes, but <laughs> we would really love it if you went and subscribed to the Thoughts and Prayers Substack, where uh, everything's free on there right now, and uh, it's just a little vote of confidence, and uh, yeah, we're eventually going to be putting more uh, paywalled content up there but just right now you get a free just a free subscription to our Substack. so we'd love it if you guys headed over there um, uh, you can get there from backlash.org yeah <laughs> you go subscribe to pool house's podcast and then just go right and uh set up a Substack for us i got you on the home page yeah so what we were talking about when everyone first came in is it's it's a 9-11 anniversary and i live in the new york uh, metro area and from anywhere in the entire new york metro area out to jersey out to long island uh you can see the shining towering uh lights that they beam up from the ground zero 9-11 every year. Have either of you seen a picture or know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, they shoot up like a beam of light for each tower, right? Where they used to be. Right, it's really terrifying looking because, well, today I went down to the night to 9-11 is what I call it. Just <laughs> I just call it 9-11. And I tried to figure out where exactly the lights were and I couldn't I couldn't find the lights like after 45 minutes of looking around. Um, so I don't actually know where they're they beam up from, but when you look out toward it, it looks just like these this scary like I don't like laser into the sky is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't even it, it doesn't really end anywhere like it just kind of keeps going like it looks like it goes into space quote unquote if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. yeah it's and so this year is like the it's the 22nd anniversary which 
I feel like we missed an opportunity with the 21st anniversary. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's no numerological significance to 22, but uh, we'll it's get two into 11s. That later. I don't know. I think oh, it's there you go. Okay. There's a lot of double yeah. digits in uh, 9 11. So 22 <laughs> feels actually almost better than 21 to me. <laughs> yeah yeah it's been a yeah that's true 11 and 11 yeah there you go i didn't um, think of that yeah well i know you guys are coming in with a lot of research but i went down <laughs> into my own investigation of 9-11 today um well, I, and- I have a question about that because i i'm actually surprised that it's not the beams don't come there's no obvious footprint for where those beams of light come from in the vicinity they well, I couldn't find I couldn't That's find so any like giant spotlights, so I don't know where. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure that I, I didn't go through like a huge amount of effort. Like, I wasn't like I didn't want to talk to anyone. It's 95 degrees in New York today. Um, thorough investigation. <laughs> it sounds like it was about as good as the the 911 commission's investigation. <laughs> Well, I did do a few things I'd never done. So I I thought this would be a good opening and then you guys can give us all your facts. But like I did, I did some things I'd never had done before. So um, I walked up to the cube, which is this like art thing. It's supposed to be some sort of art thing, but I've never seen anyone go in it or out of it. Um, So there's a giant like Masonic looking cube at the bottom of one world trade center. And then directly Next to it, there's two giant uh, footprints of the towers with water sometimes, but not all the time, streaming down into a pit. And you can't see the bottom of the pit. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, they claim there is a bottom. But, uh, you know, and then today in particular, it was so hot that it was like steaming. So like the pits were like literally steaming because it was so hot. Um, and then I walked over for the first time ever to where the mosque was because remember there was this whole weird controversy about how they were going to build a mosque down there Um, so I walked over to where that is it's not a mosque that got stopped but it's a allegedly a Greek Orthodox church but it's just a white marble structure with no windows on three sides and then completely obscured windows on the front um, it looks so weird. It looks like something in like that should be in Egypt or something. And it like was supposed to be open, but I couldn't get in. Like I tried like every door, even though it was like visiting hours and I couldn't like get inside of it to see what it looks like inside. Um, and then of course, directly to the east of that is the Oculus, which is a giant whalebone looking structure that has like a, that has like a mall inside of it but i took radfem hitler there when she was here two weeks ago and i told her i was like tell me if you see anyone shopping in any of the stores mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's never anyone shopping in any of the stores and there's always just guards standing around with machine guns and military fatigues wow. and there's never anyone shopping and she commented on how all the stores are like weird like like some of them are like like yes. 
coach and stuff, but there's also like stores she had never heard of in her life, like in there. So. <laughs> but they were all, they're all dark sided. So I was at the Oculus last year on the 12th. So right after like the brightest day, cause you know, the, the actual Oculus, like the hole in the, like the skylight or whatever, right. It's aligned to be like, I guess the brightest of day of the year in that building is 9-11, like at the moment of like 9-11 or whatever. It's like how it's uh, architecturally structured. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, no, actually, it's a fascinating build. I did learn a little bit about Oculus uh, for you, Q. It's designed by this guy, which is named, like, Santiago Calatrena or something like that. And he's designed some pretty similarly weird buildings. It's supposed to look like an eye. And, like, the, like, weird tendril things are, like, the eyelashes. And so it's, like, an I eye that. that, like, opens at this, like, point of the year, you know, with, like, a beam of light or whatever. It's pretty trippy. Um, but, yeah, that building is really darkly satanic. I went to, we went to the Keels there. The people were rude. No free samples. I've never fucking in my life been to a Keels that didn't give you fucking free samples. It was so awkward and weird and then the starbucks was a little dark sided and slow also and nobody was shopping and we thought it would be like i don't know it's like one of those days where it's really bright and it was nice to be there and see it so like bright i do like the marble i think the like architecture inside is sturdy it just feels very weird where it's placed i guess and i don't yeah i don't like it for there <laughs> yeah and when you walk through it like every day like because i walk through it every day so every day there's different music like sometimes it's like classical like mozart sounding music and then sometimes it's like lord of the ring like elvish sort of like flute stuff and then Mm -hmm. some days it's like a popular song and then some days there's like no music and then like on random days there's like giant american flags but like never any discernible reason for them to be there and like when i say giant i mean like a half a block across. Uh, and then during Pride Month, they have pride flags that big hanging all throughout it. So that's all. New, also- New World Order flags, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so anyway, that was that, that was my takeaway from actually like walking up to the marble <laughs> alleged Greek Orthodox church. It was just like so weird and like I don't know. It was just the whole vibe. Every time I'm down there, which is every day, the vibe is stressful so i know i told you here to listen to like you need to listen to like tibetan bowls or like classical music. listen to something like in your headphones do not listen to the satanic whatever they're piping into the oculus it will not ever be good i don't know and i'm weird i forgot about like the mosque 9 11 scandal but that was pretty crazy because they were like immediately like let's build a mosque here and it's like, what the fuck but it kind of it kind of like looks like it kind of actually still looks like a mosque like it looks like you can go on my Twitter at St. Q92 if you want to see it. It's like, it looks actually still very much like a Coptic Christian or like mosque type structure. Um, anyway, I well, guess. It reminds me of like COVID with how like they, you were like, were so concerned about everyone being racist towards Chinese people or whatever. It's kind of like a little analog to that where like they're you know like oh like muslims did this but like actually we don't hate muslims they're they're cool yeah it's like nancy pelosi being like go eat chinese food like right when yeah. it's starting and it's just like okay sure <laughs> so i know your episode your your podcast starts with asking what everyone's memories are of 9-11 well, that's right and that's i have a little bit of a bone to pick with you you pool house about this because sure i mean i know i i do understand that you take terrorism very seriously um, very serious yeah. perhaps yeah more so than than either q or myself I would say so. um 
and yeah, you start off every every episode of Here Comes the Backlash with asking your guest where they were on 9-11 just to make sure that they weren't involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I support that wholeheartedly. But when I went on your program, um, you kind of indicated that on a subsequent episode that you found my answer suspicious and thought that I had may have been involved with the plot. So, I mean, you know, a, as you bring this up, I did kind of have some hesitation as I recall, you know, that was a different timeline, you know, in fact, I'm not even currently in this timeline, still even asking that question, or maybe my guests just haven't been too suspicious. I know some of them are probably too young on 9-11, but I do think your answer is suspicious. I'll be honest. I'm not convinced you were not a part of it. And I'm not convinced that you bringing me here is not a part of some elaborate <laughs> cover up to distract everyone from the fact that you were a part of 9-11. And I just want to put that on the record, though. I don't think it's conclusive. I just... I have questions, I guess. That's all I'll say right now. Well, he is a Jew. And we, as I, and as I, and as I saw today, another picture I took was there was a weird, uh, one of the businesses down there is just something called Silverstein Properties, which someone, uh, which someone linked me to who that is. And he's like some weird billionaire that's, you know. We, we will be getting into Lucky Larry. Yeah. So anyway, but he's his whatever, whoever he is and whatever his business is, it's it's still there along with Spotify. Um, So now I'm really suspicious of Spotify because I'm like, why is Spotify down there? Also, Vogue's down there. Condé Nast is down there. Um, There's lots of like media down there. I actually saw Anna Wintour once walking into the um, One World Trade Center, which is where her actual office is. That's interesting. Um, I feel like that represents like that shift from like the old modernity because like they used to have like big their own buildings. Like the Condonest, didn't they have like their own building at one point? Like you know they were in like they were mm-hmm. in Manhattan, they were spread out, and now they're all brundled together under this one tower, it's like one complex or whatever, you know. And they're all just you know little floating icons on that same wall. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I guess yeah. We'll quickly we'll we'll grill A in a minute, but I I was I was in my. Uh, Texas history class in in Texas. That's where I was. And I was roughly 13, 12, something like that. Um, and I remember the principal came on and like announced on the loudspeaker that America was under attack. It was very, very cinematic. So that's, that was my, that was my memory of it. What about you, A? What was your claim? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll tell you what I told Poolhouse, and frankly, I don't know why he thought it was suspicious, but (laughs) all I said was I wasn't involved with any directed energy weapons research, and Mm -hmm. that I also said that like the president at the time, George W. Bush, I was in a school at the time the attacks occurred. And both of those statements are true, and I'm I just don't really understand why Poolhouse found. Well, what do you remember? I mean, let's just you know, I gave a very specific like you know auditory <laughs> like memory of like my principal coming on, and I like knew what class I was in. You know, like what was what what was your like like literal like memory of like finding out or whatever? <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was in gym class. And they just put us all on the bleachers and, you know, some guy was like, children, I got something to tell you. Uh, yeah. uh, terrorists have attacked the World Trade Centers 
And, you know, that, that was basically it. You know, they, they, they said, like, what happened. But, like, I had never heard of terrorism. I didn't know, like, what that was. Um, but did you watch? Very so I remember. I remember watching it most of the day. Did you? Did they? Did they put it on? No, they sent us home. Oh, because you were in the. You were kind of like DC adjacent, right? Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and some oh, of the flights oh. had come out of DC <laughs> airports. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. No. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> well, right. I thought it was. I'm you were an adult at the time. I was a whole asshole person because you're 75. So I, I was. I, mean, I want to say I thought in my defense, a I thought you could have meant a flight school. You rushed from. You were like I was. I was at a school. Well, it was not a flight school. Was it in Florida? You didn't give a lot of whereabouts to Q's point. So I just want to say, um, no. Yeah, I was old. I was in college. I was like 19 or 20. I know it was like uh, a day that I slept very late. It wasn't even that late. It was early on the east or the west coast. So I basically slept through 9/11. I came downstairs, I remember, and I uh, lived in this house with, like, Lady K, a, a former guest of mine, and some some really insane sorority girls, basically. Uh, I like Carol, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. She uh, She's a big fan of this pod as well. She um, she was not there. I don't know. I, I, my friend woke me up. My other friend, Kate, uh, or, yeah, bleep that out, maybe. But she, we, we slept through it. We came downstairs. I thought it was, like, Mount St. Helens, because I didn't understand what I was looking at at first. I just heard, like, New York's gone and it was like that like one of my roommates saying that and i saw the screen and it was like this like cloud of smoke and my first thought was like pictures of like mount st helens i don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. seen that but it's like famous like volcano and i thought like a volcano yeah. might have gone off in new york city <laughs> for like a split second until like i read the screen but that was like my flash impression but i think it like saved me from a lot of not that they didn't repeat the footage like a million times i don't know if you recall but that was like they did a oh, lot of, you know yeah. um so like i don't i didn't i was spared the initial america's under attack like it was still scary you know it was still a lot of questions but that initial psyop like i slept through it like literally and i think it spared me a lot of grief in life to be honest yeah and you also mentioned i think in your first uh appearance on on thoughts and prayers that 9 11 was sort of instrumental to your like being red pilled um yeah i mean i was into the conspiracy stuff there that was the beginning though of the hard stuff i guess it was before it was like <laughs> ufos maybe like x files like tier and then it was like oh no there's a geopolitical element that really connects all of this it's like pretty uh hardcore that was that was really the beginning. and michael rupert I don't, rupert i guess this uh researcher you can look him up he's a really interesting uh figure he was and he uh, had published a, a extensive piece that was in like the free like paper you know the, the radical paper uh at the time which was pretty big deal there wasn't a lot of that going around you know it was hard to find that kind of content that was really critical of the narrative and of what might be going on well can one of you i i think one of you could do it pretty well can one of you give like a three or four sentence what the official narrative is given by the u.s government yeah pool house I mean, I'm not a precise person, but I guess one day, four to 17, I guess, no, four flights take off one morning, just like every morning, right? But these four are special. There are 17 men scattered across these flights, and they have been, they hate America. They came from the Far East. They sometimes do things like go to strip clubs or whatever and party and drink, but they mostly are focused on these uh, mission that they've been sent from They're Osama bin Laden. very religious. Uh, very devout. Yeah. Mo radical Muslims. They're very bad men. And they and came... Al Qaeda, Osama bin Laden is like mm -hmm. the master. 
Okay. He's yeah, he does it in his cave in Afghanistan. So we have to probably bomb them. If you know, and eventually they orchestrate the thing. These guys go and they fly planes into a first the first World Trade Center. I guess was it the first one? I'm really bad at the timeline. Actually, they fly into a tower, <laughs> right? And everyone thinks it's like a big mistake. Was it World Trade Center two that gets hit first? The, the South Tower or the North Tower? <laughs> It really seems like two. we <laughs> So I slept through it. I'm just going to pull up timeline of 9-11. There's got to be like a clear, uh, there's got to be like a clear. Okay. I mean, I can read, I can read you guys. So the first flight takes off at 7.59 AM. Um, the next flight takes off at 8.15. Um, and then, uh, a bunch of people don't get on those flights, by the way. A bunch of very famous people, including Willie Brown, mayor of San Francisco, don't get on those flights at the last Seth minute. MacFarlane, the All creator right, so of the, Family so Guy. Here it is. 8.46 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which this makes sense, given my memory of not finding out until I was at school, because it would have been 7.46 Central Time. Um, 8.46, uh, it crashes into... Uh, the North Tower first. All passengers on board are killed immediately. And then actually, I didn't realize it was this close after, but at 9.03 a.m., so we're talking 17 minutes later, it crashes into the South Tower. Um, so it's a, it's, I didn't realize, I actually did not know until this second that the claim is, is that it was that uh, close together. And then, it takes until 9.37 a.m. for the flight to crash into the Pentagon. So it all happens actually really fast. And then how long does it take for the towers to collapse? Not that long, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. An um, hour the, or something. And then it takes until 10 for the the one to the empty field. We're actually... Ironically enough, they're showing they're showing the empty field in Pennsylvania, and even in this really government official picture, there is no wreckage. There's um, no air, there's no fuselage. There's no <laughs> there's nothing. It literally <laughs> looks like it's literally allegedly a photo from the day. It just looks like an empty field. You, you can look and at then, the Pentagon photos as well. There's no mm-hmm, plane mm-hmm. there. Um, and then the yeah, and then the the first tower, which is the north. tower, Tower, which I think if I go back up here was the second tower that was hit the north tower falls and that is only you are right a congratulations 1028 so that was less than two hours after um uh yeah after uh the, it got hit and in the midst of that a lot of confusion right right within within another couple of uh you know after a, an hour or so of panic there and everyone freaking out trying to figure out what's going on they immediately knew it was osama bin laden um and that you know settled around that yeah there was um yeah and by 12:15 and i i do remember this cuz i lived near an airport by 12:15 they had grounded all uh, commercial and private flights, but famously, after um, many members of the Bin Laden family had boarded uh, private jets uh, out of America, and those 
three hours. <laughs> they will try to gaslight you and say that didn't happen, and it absolutely did. I've seen weird things trying to like downplay that, and that's mm-hmm. that is a fact. no. They did, didn't, didn't, because like they they're technically like allies of ours, right? So like uh, they're like they're like Saudis, right? So like yeah, they're anyway. A bunch of them leave the U.S. in this very narrow window that they have for private jets to still take off, and then the only plane in the air after that for multiple days is Air Force One. So. Um, and Rudy Giuliani is down at ground zero by 2.30 p.m., which I think is crazy because wouldn't it just be like a flaming wreck? And then the one that everyone talks oh, about, yeah. building seven does not cross until 5.30 p.m. Um, and that's which the Which a lot, I mean, most people don't even aren't like aware that another building collapsed. Um, yeah. And then President Bush wasn't does not hit by a plane. This is kind of shocking, but President Bush doesn't address the nation until 8.30. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it was, yeah, that was a pretty scary address. He I had to like. keep chilling in that school for a while, the, the even, even though he was, <laughs> yeah, he was reading the my, my Pet Goat. And even though that school visit was like on his public itinerary and thus if they were concerned about the safety of the president as well as the children in the school, you'd think they would have wanted to evacuate the school as soon as possible but uh, right because it's, it's actually that 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 whole heartwarming story of how bush like didn't want to alarm the children is actually hilarious because if america is truly under attack he's 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 prime target one yeah. <laughs> yeah. and everyone knows where the president is at all time and he's in this room with all these little kids so you would think you're totally right you would think the immediate reaction would be for the safety of these children we need to like move him out of here and like you know <sighs> Yeah. yeah, and where he was was not far from where the hijackers, I think, trained in, in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of surprising. I don't know, but I think all that signals like that. There's a lot of uh, speculation about continuity of government and who was actually in charge that day, especially as it pertains, I think, to like the Flight 93 piece, because a, a lot of people will suspect it was probably shot down by the U.S. military, if, at, at ostensibly maybe at, at best. Like maybe even weirder things happen for sure, but it's very possible that that, that happened. And if so, who who would have directed did that like was it was dick cheney in charge that day i don't know he, he looked pretty not alarmed if you've seen photos of him and and uh, donald rumsfeld that day the people in charge uh, of the government that day were i don't know quite relaxed about the whole thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay so now you guys yes uh, so out. i've kind of prepared <laughs> a, a an alternative timeline um of 9-11 um, that starts a little bit earlier. But even before we get into that, I just wanted to do a little disclaimer because I feel like, you know, with this this type of stuff can be sort of a sensitive topic. It's something that um, people don't like to hear about because it is horrible and very unpleasant. But um, I just don't want it. You know, I, I think it shouldn't be construed in any way as us like disrespecting the, you know, people whose lives were lost here or anything like that. And in contrast, I would say that really um, what we're trying to do is sort of reframe this from being this sort of like attack on America to really being sort of um, an attack on all of humanity and, 
Um, there were far more casualties of the event than just the 3,000 people that were killed, you know, in the Twin Towers and at Ground Zero, um, you know, half a million dead Iraqis, several hundred thousand dead, you know, um, Afghanis, and uh, not to mention the million, billions of people around the world who were subjected to round-the-clock airing of the traumatic footage, um, you know, and um, and whose, yeah, rights and liberties were stripped away. Um, yeah, with the Patriot Act. Thousands yeah. of people that died in the, uh, uh, you know, years afterwards from strange asbestos inhalation and cancers and things like that. I mean, which maybe right. there's stuff with conspiracy, you know, that's also a huge part of it. Lots of people uh, continue to die from 9-11. You never hear about that that often, but it's yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Christine Todd Whitman, uh, the EPH, I think, director, who was like, oh, no, it's fine. Or maybe, yeah, she was. She said that everyone can go back and breathe the air. Um, can I say one thing <laughs> on top of that? Because I think that was really beautifully stated, uh, both of you. Mm-hmm. I was I resisted saying a terrible joke because I realized he was being sincere. So I just let him. I just let him say. I just let him say the sincerity moment. But go ahead. That, that's why there's two of you. You can do both. I think it's okay. <laughs> no, I think um, I, I, as a person who had witnessed to like the original kind of 9/11 kind of uh, truth movement or whatever, like a lot of that was driven by families of victims. So I think a lot of times there's a, a narrative that's like this is disrespectful or, or it's going to hurt the family members. I would say on the, maybe maybe so. I know I can't speak for every family member, of course, but the idea that uh, there there are none that would like people to discuss this and keep this conversation going is not true. The fact that there even was a 9-11 commission was driven by a lot of these families because the government truly tried to like make this like not like just believe this thing and never ever question it again. That was what they tried to do. And it was really pushed by the, like the families of the, those victims just to even get even as bullshit as that commission was just the fact they even were able to get that far uh, was driven by that. And uh, there, believe me, there was an appetite for a lot more, I believe at the time. It's also, I think, worth mentioning that in a lot of people, I think that I, you never hear this discussed, but like a lot of the people that were killed, at least, and it wasn't any of the super high up people, but, you know, a lot of them were people working in like high finance and things like that. So you also kind of have to remember that these people, these uh, uh, families, you know, they tried to sort of like reframe it as like, you know, everyday Americans, but like, these are like, there was a lot of uh, wealthy. And although know. as we'll discuss um, many of the really uh, top tier high flyers were actually not present uh, on that day against all odds. Correct. Um, I wanted, yeah. that's why I made the <laughs> disclaimer that like the richest people at these firms weren't there, but there was a lot of, no, relatively wealthy, wealthy people died. And, that and I think the other thing that's worth mentioning before we get into all this is that unlike a lot of the other kind of um, stuff we talk about on here, the official narrative itself is actually a conspiracy theory, right? Like it's, it's actually not a lone nut here. Like it's, they're talking about like a, this Islamist, you know, terrorist network that, orchestrated this attack so you know just worth considering that itself is a conspiracy theory and you know i guess we're going to kind of present some other facts that may poke some holes in that narrative may suggest some other um possible um conspirators involved 
um, and just leave it up to the listener to decide. Well, you, you also, you, you mean it. I think what you're saying is it's literally a, it's a conspiracy yeah. theory yeah. of a yeah. conspiracy, which yeah. is like, so there's no, it's like truly that is what they presented that they they said there was this conspiracy and this is our theory of how it uh, unraveled. Right. Right. So yeah, there's just two competing cons- or really multiple competing conspiracy theories and we'll leave it up to the listener to decide which of those, um, I guess they find most compelling. Um, All right. So alternative timeline of 9-11. You could start it at many points. But for me, I thought maybe what makes the most sense is Operation Northwoods. Are you guys familiar with this operation? So I'm coming in. I'm coming in vibes only. So okay. So this is this is a JFK era operation. It's it's legit. It's declassified. You can look at the memo. There's a Wikipedia page on it. I'm looking at it right now. It says Operation Northwoods was a proposed false flag operation that originated with the U.S. Department of Defense of the United States government in 1962. The proposals called for CIA operatives to both stage and commit acts of terrorism against American military and civilian targets, blaming them on the Cuban government and using it to justify a war against Cuba. To this end, Operation Northwood's proposals recommended hijackings and bombings, followed by the introduction of false evidence that would implicate the Cuban government. Uh, it, the desired result, it stated, the desired result from the execution of this plan would be to place the United States in the apparent position of suffering defensible grievances from a rash and irresponsible government of Cuba and to develop an international image of a Cuban threat to peace in the Western Hemisphere. So, yeah, basically, if you swap out Cuba with Al-Qaeda here, I mean, it starts to sound pretty similar. And... Um, this this operation was approved up to the level of the Joint Chiefs. Um, so it was actually only rejected by um, uh, President Kennedy. Mm. And so this is 1962. Things went so, really well for him after that rejection. Yeah, so this was about a year uh, prior to him uh, being assassinated. <laughs> I think that's the great place to start. And I feel like on the backdrop of that, just that idea of like the military industrial complex that kind of takes root really after World War II, you know, um, famously warned by, I guess, Eisenhower, no, on his way out saying like, hey, there's this like, basically another way of saying it is a private public partnership between like these various defense actors, uh, kind of a rogue government, if you will. And so he's kind of warning about that. Kennedy kind of uh, also comments on this and yeah, shoots down this plan and, and others. And you're right, I think comparing it to like Al-Qaeda, especially thinking about how Al-Qaeda, you know, maybe uh, is a product of the United States. It doesn't seem too far-fetched that they could run a similar similar Northwood style operation another time. Right. I mean, the fact this was literally approved by the highest level military officials in the country, the joint chief. I mean, it's they were going they were planning to stage terrorist attacks to launch a war against Cuba. So I 
Yeah. It, it sounds crazy, but there, I mean, there's that th- whole era is littered with many projects too for uh, attacks essentially, just in various forms, but various plans for harming large sections of like the population through like Kiss- Kissinger Memorial 200 is another one. I don't know if that's in your history, but there is like there's open there's open conspiring of this very kind of concept uh, throughout this throughout this era. Interesting. So, yeah, then after Operation Northwoods, uh, I figured we'd take it to the 1980s. We have a conflict in Afghanistan. Um, This time it's those darn Soviets who are uh, invading and um, the Afghans need our help at that time. So we send in our top guy. Osama bin Laden, our friend from the Saudi, um, I don't, they're actually not royalty, but I, what they own, they owned a construction company or something. They were very close with the royal family, um, but they, and billionaire, you know, extremely wealthy and influential. Um, and so, yeah, I guess he decided to give it all up and live in the desert and, um, and, fight the Soviets and um, with the help of a lot of CIA money, um, you know, if you look that up, there'll be a fact check and okay, yes, you if you dig a little deeper, uh, okay, it went through the Pakistan intelligence services before going directly to Osama bin Laden. So there was a middleman, but he was still getting that, that cheddar. And uh so yeah, he was he was you know, he was a CIA guy, I guess, pretty much from the beginning. And even with going back to the Saudis and their their relationship with our kind of um elites, you know, it's they're all they're all in the same club. I um, guess I just want to mention while you're talking about them quickly that uh just the part of the official narrative is at least 13 relatives of Osama bin Laden accompanied by bodyguards and associated associates left the United States on a chartered flight with Ryan international airlines. Actually it was eight days after the September 11th tax, according to a passenger manifest. Um, The passenger list was made public by Senator Frank Longberg. Um, (laughs) Among the passengers with the bin Laden surname were Omar, Omar Awad bin Laden, Omar, um, and a few other, uh, a few other people. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that quick fact uh, while we were talking about the family. So it wasn't, it wasn't that morning. <laughs> I won't go down the rabbit hole. I feel like there was some distortion of history there, and I feel like it was in the nine eleven commission report, but I don't have uh, facts to back it up. So we can just while, just while he was talking, while while he was talking about the family, I wanted to drop in that I had made a mistake. That's for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this with the Saudi family, their ties to the West, as A alludes to, it's like very much inter- implicated with like petrochemical giants, like big oil, and these like vis-a-vis the intelligence communities. Like that goes back as the whole rise of the Saudi kingdom in terms of like modern, the modern uh, infrastructure of it is all based off of their profit off of oil and their partnership with the West. So there, there's a deep, deep relationship there. It's no surprise that they're, you know, elites partner with ours through diplomatic and, and intelligence, you know, apparatuses. Uh, to do special missions, especially because, you know, they have an interest with Afghanistan uh, protecting their kingdom, you know, from an encroaching Soviet threat, quote unquote, I guess, that they want to protect their profits as well. 
Right. And their alleged net worth, which is probably much higher, is $5 billion with Osama, who was like just a random like fifth generation. He inherited around $30 million on his 18th birthday. So they're that they're they're, they're that level of wealthy, probably way more. I'm than sure that. they're. Yeah, it's way more than that. <laughs> he was really hot when he was young. I will say like young Osama <laughs> could get it, I guess. I'll just say it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Did I say that about Timothy McVeigh too? I feel like maybe he did. I don't know. You've got a type. <laughs> Terrorists. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then, uh, you know, in the CIA built, uh, they, they put down roots in Afghanistan, I guess you could say. They built this whole fortress kind of secret complex built in the mountains called Tora Bora. It was like it had like a hospital built in there and like an, a, a, a water powered generator and like all this, you know, a hotel, I believe, was also in there. Um, so, yeah, so they were mm-hmm. they put up Osama in style, you know, um, the place they so, probably would, seems like they would know a lot about if they built it, doesn't it? I feel like yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh so, um, okay, then we will go turn to the history of the World Trade Centers themselves. Mm. Um, interestingly, they were built by none other than the Rockefeller family, or it was an initiative of the Rockefellers. Um, uh, David Rockefeller's idea, I believe, to build these towers um, and in collaboration with his brother, Nelson, who was at the time the governor of New York. And they did it, I believe, on the state of New York's dime because it technically the property belongs to the Port Authority. Um, and what year was that? Uh, it was like in the 70s. I think yeah. it opens in 73, I think. Now, I remember being shocked at how like they weren't that old. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And so the Ro- I mean, I don't know if we can even go down like a whole Rockefeller rabbit hole, but they were very prominent kind of obviously mega billionaire financiers. They were behind a lot of the CIA wars, regime change operations, things like that. They were very tight with Alan Dulles and um, uh, I want to say they were Freemasons. I can't everybody's a freemason in this yeah. story <laughs> yeah. especially architects and especially yeah. uh yeah diplomats <laughs> yeah yeah so um uh so the project yeah they built these giant towers owned by the port authority um they were actually never very successful it was branded as like a manhattan revitalization project um but they uh, they they tended to have extremely high like uh, vacancy rates in terms of tenants, and um, were not very financially successful. Um, Interestingly, the new World Trade Center is pretty vacant too. But anyway, keep going. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that brings us to about uh, early twenty two thousand one, and. The lease on the uh, World Trade Centers is expiring, I believe. And um, and in July of 2001, the lease is taken over by one Larry Silverstein, um, a billionaire. Um, 
and he purchased the the lease for uh three billion dollars ish and he also happened to take out an insurance policy um which specifically covered acts of terrorism and uh insured the with a was a policy for um three and a half billion and uh after the attacks he sued and um and actually attempted to claim that he should be there each plane crash was a separate event and so he should get paid <laughs> for two acts of terrorism and they ended up settling it um for like four and a half billion so within what you know uh, a few months of owning the towers he made a cool one and a half bill on that uh insurance policy there um so all right um, didn't they do some renovations as well during that period i feel like there was some um, overhauls or there's some kind of uh, projects going on i feel like Earth well they, it was in it was sort of in a state of disrepair and they had done some they had done some projects i know after the 93 bombing they had sure, they had sure. renovated it some but basically it was just an old shitty building that no one wanted to rent in and so they were kind of like should we demolish it or like you know what i mean <laughs> and um and re and rebuild so um I guess, you know, luckily enough, they didn't really have to, to deal with that. Um, so, all right. Then the other thing um, is there were some financial industry shenanigans going on in the days before 9-11. Um, there were a lot of shorting of airline stocks um, that were, you know, sort of, no real explanation for like why there would be such big moves um on that and, and some other some other stuff too um and one of the, the the big profiteers of from that was um this firm alex brown and sons um uh, and whose former ceo buzzy Krongard, um at the time of the attacks was the director of central intelligence. <laughs> so <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> what a coinky dink. Um, and uh, we also had the smash television series 24. I think it, it came out actually in August of, or no, I'm sorry, not August, October of 2001. But however, that meant that it had been written and filmed and everything um, well before 9-11. But I always thought that was interesting because to me, that was so much part of the sort of post 9-11 landscape mm. was all this media about terrorism and, you know, valorizing mm -hmm. our brave heroes mm -hmm, and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, that was in the works well before. So interesting. I never thought of that. Uh, and 
yeah there's and then also the... another fox show too i feel like there's a few things on fox too that's interesting simpsons there's a few things uh other programs i think that allude uh or uh, kind of tie into that same narrative it's that's i know x files was a fox show and i don't know if x files sure. 9 11 but well known for a lot of predictive programming type stuff on the x files they had a spinoff show called the lone gunman that was short-lived and i think it's may of 2001 the uh finale uh, it's, it's about conspiracy theorists actually these guys that they would consult on the x-files get their own show they're these like computer nerds and they try to stop uh, a terrorist attack on the world trade center i think involving a, a plane I, I think it's very very specific uh and it happens on fox in spring of 2001 uh, so yeah it's Whoa. kind of interesting interesting and then the last thing that i think is worth mentioning that's sort of relevant in terms of timeline here is um on september 10th 2001 one day before the attacks <laughs> um secretary of defense donald rumsfeld announces to the world that the pentagon has casually misplaced 2.3 trillion dollars trillion with a t they just don't know what happened to it it was unaccounted for um and and for reference let's see what the in 2001 the whole the entire us gdp was 10 and a half trillion so that was 2.3 trillion didn't know where it went and then all of a sudden the next day uh no one was really thinking or talking about that anymore do you think like at the Pentagon, they were like, we're missing trillions of dollars. And they're like, it was Beth from finance. And they're like, fire her so hard. I want her out of here tomorrow. So her desk is like gone, you know? And then unfortunately, like someone took it literally. Just I think that could be what happened. A hyper literal, some <laughs> autistic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. And then now yeah, that was the other thing is the, uh, the plane that, or the, the, unidentified object that hit the pentagon did hit the the budgeting office or whatever that was like the part that was destroyed it's always the records i feel like that's like okc and then also a building seven too is like a a repository for i guess like definitely in the city of new york and i think fbi and cia all have uh had offices there yeah and also the the sec (laughs) sec and then of course just the towers themselves not to mention like the day of like all those shots of just the paper fluttering for real that's like that's like a like a quintessential shot is the, all that paper just fluttering down from the you know burning <laughs> have, have either of you been to the museum the, the 9-11 memorial i didn't go into the museum today i, I was actually really lazy in my <laughs> <laughs> well i don't recommend it honestly like so we went it is like as expensive as like experience you just you relive 9-11 and it, you go through like oh, it feels like a tunnel like i looking back i was like it's a trauma inducing it's it's just too much. You can't like you because it's like a timeline. You walk through the events of the day and stuff for people who weren't there or slept through it. You get to kind of like relive it, and it's like I, it's a lot honestly. And you do see scraps of paper. You see some of the like the uh, like ephemera that was found and stuff. But no, all of it's like there's a section of the Pentagon. All of it, it's like heavy. It's it's heavy. <laughs> Interesting. 
They do sell 9-11 merch right outside of it, which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, funny story really quick. When we were there, um, there was like this like really hot like fitness like guy influencers like taking pictures. <laughs> he was having his like less attractive girlfriend take photos of him in front of like the fire truck and like some big piece of like wreckage. And it was so fucking funny because he was just like posing and he did one that was like really thoughtful and he put his like hand in his like uh, on his face and such, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> I actually saw the the hole in the ground because I oh. went to New York, I went to New York in like 2000 and I guess two or three, like, and it was still just like a giant and there was still like a weird, uh, anyway, they just had like weird makeshift little shrines and stuff everywhere. So I don't know. It's been a, it's, it's a strange, anyway, official narrative. Your A's, A's stuff he wants us to remember. Uh, so what, so what is, I've never been exposed to a 9-11 conspiracy. Obviously I have seen outside of the New York Times uh, offices, the person who continuously rents a billboard that says 9-11 is an inside job facing the New York Times uh, offices. That's a that's something that's people have. So there's weird little protests like that happening. But I'm not familiar with. So is it is it just that people think it was a false flag like this Operation Backwoods or is it um <laughs> Or, or, or I've even heard stuff as great. I like Operation or, Backwoods. Operation Backwoods. <laughs> what was it called? It's, I think it's Northwoods, but I like Operation <laughs> Backwoods. Sounds sexy. Um, Backwoods is like, like a super ghetto brand of like blunt, uh, blunt uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or is it like, I've heard even crazier stuff like the, of people who like talk about how you know, like no one even really saw the planes. Like it was all sort of like, you know, intersp- interspersed, like all the footage. There's actually like a shockingly small amount of footage if you really think about it. Like I've heard all these different things. So like what what is, as someone who's like never really like done a 9-11 deep dive, like what is, or there's like a third sort of like lesser conspiracy, which is that like US foreign policy just created that this is like maybe the nicest, most generous read, but the US foreign policy just created a situation where something like this was possible. So it wasn't that there was like an inside job, but like the US had been like setting itself up for this for like, which I think is sort of like the lefty liberal view of 9-11 at this point, like the mainstream liberal view is kind of that, that like the US, US's imperialistic ambitions and stuff set up a situation where this was possible. I kind of see those three diff- those as three separate things. The totally schizo, there were no planes, that it was a false flag, and then like the third being US foreign policy was just so fucked and so bad they that we set ourselves up for this eventual awful thing to happen. Well, to that one I would just say you know, just thinking about it like who is better equipped to carry off an attack? like this like some random like broke terrorists from the middle of nowhere or the united states intelligence community and deep state who because we have to keep in mind too that like part of the whole issue is like the, the there's all kinds of procedures and blah 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 and everything for airplane hijackings right like if you deviate off course by you know like a millimeter 
you know, there's all kinds of proceed. There's supposed to be uh, military intervention and, you know, like none of that stuff happened. And you, there, it's actually there even account for this in the official narrative by saying that there were dri- there were they were doing drills at the exact same time that the attacks were occurred that simulated terrorist hijacking of airplanes. So the people who were responding to this thought that it was part of the drill that they were working on and didn't know that they needed to like actually respond to the crisis. Yeah, we can drop, we can drop that third one. I just wanted to point out that 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 seems to have become kind of the lefty DSA sort of like that group of people's version is sort of like, they won't buy into like these big conspiracies, but they'll buy in, they'll buy into this like idea that like America is so bad. Well, because they're, yeah, they're, they're hateful faggots and they're communists and they're cowards basically. So no, they won't, but there is, I would say, I wouldn't drop that third one because I think there is an abstraction on it, which is like, uh, foreknowledge. I think if you take add that piece to it, there is like, I think an entry point conspiracy because there is a spectrum, right? I feel like there's not really one official conspiracy theory. There's like a lot of different positions on maybe what could have happened. Uh, but there is this idea of like, uh, like sleep at the wheel slash like complicitly uh, ignoring a lot of evidence. And there was a like lot. The, like the, like the per- maybe we could call it the Pearl Harbor theory. It, like, it's, sure, sure, sure. Like, sure, yeah. like the, the government knew this was being planned. They had federal plants, whatever. They're but watching they these guys. Exactly. They know who yeah, these people watch, are. They were watching these guys, but they let it happen. This is sort of, it's kind of the Pearl Harbor or even the OKC bombing theory. Sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, there exactly. There was sort of... They, they didn't literally carry it out, but they let it happen in order to be able to do these wars in the Middle East, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of like a more passive. Yeah, I still think that's lame kind of like that you're getting somewhere now. You're getting somewhere on the 9-11 conspiracy <laughs> trade. But I feel like, because there is a lot. There's the famous presidential daily brief. Uh, I think it's August 8, 2001. That's like, Bin Laden determined to strike United States. And that's like, there's a famous moment where Condoleezza Rice, the secretary, I think she was national security advisor at the time, has to testify on TV, like at the commission. And she like, they make her read the headline. It was pretty shocking, to be honest, at the time, when she's just like trying to downplay it. And she's just like, um, it was called, uh, let's see here, uh, <laughs> Bin Laden determined to strike US. It was like a month before 9-11. So like, there was definitely like just that alone, you know, there, there was definitely a uh, chatter. It's like universally accepted there was chatter let's call it that the ic like knew something was uh was afoot and then the drills are fucking there's always a drill i don't understand why there's always a drill going on but you can see that in the 9 11 uh official transcripts as well like norad that the air defense like they're talking about these hijacked planes and the uh, pilot is just like is this real life or exercise it, it's like this quote in it, and it's weird because it's like it, it's is the simulation he's almost asking but it's confusing <laughs> why are they doing an exercise that's so similar on the same exact day uh, i guess you could argue because of the the, the presidential memo and, and things like that because of the chatter they were trying to be uh, you know prepared but it is really really surprising well let's like in the interest of time like I, those are sort of like the soft pedal. yeah well, I, I think sure, sure, okay sure. On, to, to be honest i think you can totally but, debunk the kind of innocent the the, the innocent, deep state yeah. like may knew about it and let it happen thing because okay let's just talk about the evidence of like what happened on the day of right i think one of the ones that people it's kind of become a meme and like made fun of but jet fuel can't melt steel beams, right? I mean, that actually is true. And you can look it up. It's the, the temperature that the, the fires were burning was like 
1500 degrees Fahrenheit and it ta- it's like t- almost 3000 degrees Fahrenheit to melt steel. So even in the, the official uh, 9-11 Commission report, they acknowledge that. The, the claim isn't that it melted the steel beams, but that it it weakened it weakened the steel and, and, and that's what caused the, the collapse. However, and this is a Dave McGowan kind of point. Um, he's he wrote an extensive essay series on 9-11 that's on his website, um, Center for an Informed America. But um, 9-11 was the first time in history that a steel framed high rise building collapsed due to fire. Um, and it it's it's well, it's it's happened three times, but they were all on that day and um, <laughs> uh, and never before. And other planes have uh, other b- buildings um, have had horrible fires, have had planes crash into them, including the Empire State Building actually had a plane crash into it, um, did not collapse. The other thing about it is that the way the towers collapsed, it just isn't, they they collapse perfectly into their own footprint, right? Which is like, that just doesn't happen. Like that's the whole point of having like controlled demolition is to make that specific scenario that's actually highly unlikely, basically impossible to happen um, without a controlled demolition, because the risk being that the uh, the building doesn't collapse symmetrically, it just kind of falls. And in New York City, a place like that, it's going to fall over and smash into other buildings, right? So that's something that you would not want to happen, and um, and kill a lot more people, I guess. Which I don't know if they cared about that, but <laughs> you know, like any direction you go, those are going to hit. Yeah tons of residential buildings and things like that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. okay so that's let's let's say that's debunked so let's let's go to let's go to plan let's go to false flag yeah yeah well yeah okay then you also have the pentagon right we and we talked Mm -hmm. about the both the pentagon and the flight 93 that crashed into the field or whatever shanksville sketch No planes at either side. Um, I don't know what you make. I mean, you can look at photos. You can look at photos of the Pentagon. There's clearly, there's a big hole in the side of the building. There's no plane. I mean. Well, then where, so let's, let me just do like this. I'm just saying like, I just want to be the skeptic. Just not, not, I'm not really skeptical, but I want to be the skeptic for the purposes of this pod. Where are the people who were like on these planes, allegedly? They're dead in some other way. I, the passengers. There's various theories. They could be dead. They could be... Okay, there's a theory about, like, Barbara Olson, this famous... Uh, I, I think she was a reporter for CNN who died on the the plane. She was married to, uh, like, a, a, a commerce uh, official in the government. And she... There's, like, these pictures. I know that there's a woman that kind of looks like her. I don't know. Is it possible that these people were, like, actors? I don't know. It, it seems... Un, it's hard to speculate, and it's kind of difficult without, like sounding like an asshole if I didn't you know but I think it's possible like I mean if people are dying in this operation that maybe some of the people on the flight you know like I don't know were killed in other ways I mean not to mention this like these alleged like voice messages and you know I'm just like these these families and the I mean I'm not that I don't think the government could 
easily come up with a bunch of crisis actors to make this believable. I'm just, I'm just saying there are these like alleged people who were like on these planes quotes that went into the Pentagon and went into this field. It's like, I don't know. I would say with 93, it's very plausible to me that that could have been hit by a missile and that some kind of explosion that would actually be uh, explaining why there was such little like wreckage. Yeah. It was actually like dead. It was right. like, incinerated. So in that and, instance, and people like, did say that they found debris like miles away mm-hmm. from the crash mm-hmm. site. So that it, yeah, the, the 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 main theory there seems to be that it was something. I don't know what. No one really knows what exactly went wrong or what the issue was, but that it seems to have been like shot down. They did a TWA eight hundred on it. I feel like, which was another kind of airline sus airline disaster of the of the time um, that mm. likely exploded. It's it's a pretty famous case of, of that year. I think it was year two thousand. But uh, that is another jumbo jet that like mysteriously went down, and many people believe was actually shot down. Um, so I think it's not. I don't think it's crazy at all for that. In that case, it is hard, but it is, of course, the plane that hit the, the Pentagon. So anything is possible. This is a military installation. Like the Pentagon is the most secure, most well defended airspace in the world. Okay, I mean it's it's totally impl- and it's under mm-hmm. constant surveillance from all it's angles. Low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so it would take an expert pilot to fly. I mean, I would assume yeah, someone extremely difficult. skilled to fly. Yes, to that hit exactly, low. essentially like exactly level with the ground. And exactly. it's, yeah, it's and, not very high. I've driven, I mean, I've driven past it. I'm sure you guys have too. I mean, it's, you can't see it that well, but it's not, it's not a tall structure. It's really. 555 feet, I believe, or, or 777, some weird S number. <laughs> but the, the gas station across the street had um, footage. It was like, had like mm-hmm. a camera and apparently they lost the footage wasn't working that day or whatever. It was like, exactly like many such cases i feel like oh Casey, epstein yeah epstein, the, the cameras so weren't working yeah. gosh darn it and there was footage there was at one point in 2000 something they released like official footage of the the plane for the pentagon and it was the biggest fucking joke it was worse than a moon landing it was just like this grainy weird ass thing and it was like um the frames per second or whatever were kind of like off so it was just kind of like it was like stop motion animation looking almost it was just like yeah horrible, and this one you, you can like look this up and watch that that clip um but yeah it's not very convincing it's what what they're great. saying is the plane looks just like a white sort of streak of light it looks <laughs> much smaller than an airplane um it really doesn't look anything like an airplane so, so what about okay, that like, there is no airplane at the crash site so. let me try to put let me come at it another direction similar to the way they came at it in another direction when they hit it um so let me try to 9-11 another level of the conspiracy um so manhattan famously one of the densest places on earth um one of the easily the densest place in america there are literally millions of people who can see these giant towers right so you have hundreds of thousands of people well i don't know i mean you have to like take into account the time in the morning and who's on the street and all these things but you have a lot of people who i guess see at least uh these this happen right especially the second one when everyone's looking up right um so you know it's like did they see a did they see planes go into the building uh like these are th- these are things i'm interested in because that's like probably one of the most witnessed 
And there uh, is but, footage know, of the second plane going. There's no footage of the first plane going in. There is footage of the second plane. Probably no one was looking up at the first plane right. or very few people. I mean, also, I will say that in all my time in New York, I've, I've, yet, to, I've yet to meet someone who actually said they saw it. But just presumably, there would have been a lot of people who would have seen the second plane. Yeah, Donald the- Trump claims he saw it. The first or the second one? Oh, yeah. It might have been the second one. I don't don't know. There's people... I've seen video footage of eyewitnesses from the the news, which you used to be able to find, like, the entire day of 9-11, that entire thing as it unfolded, unedited, like, on YouTube from multiple Mm -hmm. channels. There's a lot of footage. Most of that's harder to find now. But, like, uh, people saying they saw Cessna hit the plane, World Trade Center. On the, it's particularly the first one. I think the second one's pretty universally. Uh, there were lots of witnesses, eyewitnesses, you know. But the first one, there were fewer people to be noticing it. But the people who did see it, I, I've heard people who said and testified, you know, testified, said to a camera anyway, that they saw a small plane hit that hit that building. A lot of speculation whether or not it was an accident or maybe a suicide bomber. Not... Uh... Not out of the question these days. So there they it say is. It was a jet. Eyewitnesses are saying that it was a jet, um, not a not a large commercial jet, but a small jet. But you can see it's a very clear day here in New York. We had thunderstorms, which kind of cleared out the area. And that actually, and the idea of that, like a remote controlled or robotic uh, plane that's containing like a missile or something like that, isn't um, implausible. You also have those videos of the people that day when the, when the, like, you know, whatever, when the towers go down oh, saying wow. you heard pop, 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 yeah, pop. The pop fire like, like, yeah, the firefighters. You, you, you do have a lot, you do hear a lot of, there are, there is footage of lots of people saying like, then suddenly I heard pop, 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 yeah. which is sort of like a, you know. Like the so, controlled yeah. demolition. All of a sudden, it was like bang, 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 like bullet shots. I saw from the corner, boom, 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 boom. Just like 20 straight hits just went down. And as the bombs were gone, people just started running. And I sat there and watched a, a few of them explode. And then I just turned around and I just started running for my life because at that point, the World Trade Center was coming right down from the corner. Boom, 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 boom. The whole building just went. And as the bombs were gone, people just started running. And I sat there and watched a, a few of them explode. And yeah, the eyewitnesses weren't perfect in there. Yeah. Well, and explosions, you know, explosions beforehand too. There's, I mean, that could be things going up, but there's, there seems to be evidence of an explosion in the near the bank uh, or the center. There's like a vault near the bottom of one of the towers, and there's a lot of money there, and a lot of confusion over what happened to some of the gold. I think that was in the the basement of the World Trade Center. There's a lot of confusion in general, of course, going on. But if you watch that footage of that tower like going down, everyone. Everyone thought it was controlled demolition at first. I feel like I guarantee you, like yeah. everyone had that thought because it's what exactly what it looked like. And well, also just like my my friends, you know, my friends who are my age, who were uh, who grew up in New York that day, said one of the crazy things that I guess I never thought about till I heard people who were, you know, in schools, uh, in high schools and stuff that day that it happened is that there were no cell phones, 
and there was no way to drive anywhere and all of the all of the subways were closed so what actually happened and tons of them tons of them i've heard this story many times is that they walked for hours and hours and hours uh to get to their houses in brooklyn or queens or uptown so there was a and so there was a ton of like mass hysteria across the city because parents didn't know where kids were Mm -hmm. eventually schools just had to let the kids start walking there was just a ton of like crazy shit going on so it was like so there was also this like i think kind of like uh, you know from what i've from what, what people have described to me there was like mass confusion like your teenager is showing up at your apartment at three in the morning and you have no idea you know what I mean? There was just, and there was none of what there is now. There wasn't like social media. Like, no, no I mean, I remember walls of like uh, missing flyers and stuff. There were people even after that, and there were people they couldn't find, and like they would wow. put it on the news. I remember watching like MSNBC, and they would have uh, like they would just be putting re- like that day and the days after, saying people's names. I think it was actually possibly that day, uh, doing exactly what you're you're kind of talking about, Q, like kind of saying people's names and trying to connect. I remember them going in hospitals and saying, "This is so and so, they're okay." Like kind of like using the media. It's one of the only times I've ever seen that like the national media being used to really like do something fucking good <laughs> yeah it was just crazy because like what they said is is basically there was no there was no nothing was moving and there was just uh hundreds of thousands of people just walking because that's all you could yeah, do yeah. was just start, was just start walking you know so anyway that gives you a sense of how chaotic it was you know yeah and tra- well and traumatizing and, and in yeah. spite of that you have this thing that always tends to happen where there's a lot of sus kind of media reporting where like, I know there's this one clip I was trying so hard to find it like on bit shoot or something like that. And I couldn't, I wasn't having any luck with it. Maybe, you know, pool house, but um, of this really obvious, like fed basically being interviewed by um, a reporter, mm-hmm. like on the scene. And he's just like, you know, like as it was all happening, uh, I guess right after the towers collapsed and he's like, yeah, you know, I was, I was up on, I, I live on the 32nd floor. I was, my, I, my view was directly to the <laughs> Northwest of the towers. And I saw, you know, uh, the plane flew in and uh, it's just started an inferno that caused, you know, it just caused irreparable <laughs> structural failure. And that caused the towers to collapse. Fox, you live just a few blocks away and witnessed. Dude, I was, I was, I live on the 43rd floor of a building, which is five blocks from the World Trade Center itself. I witnessed the entire thing from beginning to end. People talk about how it looked like a movie. I know when I came walking down here early this morning and saw both towers on fire and people on every street corner, it was, it was, it was like a movie. But you watched the planes hit the towers. I was watching with my roommate. It was approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just ream right into the side of the Twin Tower, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then the second, mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. Uh, obviously there were- mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, uh, so you have this sort of establishing of the official narrative immediately, unequivocally, mm-hmm. and then the media just rolls with that after they have this, you know, whatever, like apparently uh, plane crash, building expert who happened to have a you know firsthand view of the attacks there's also i remember when that random ass news anchor whatever brian williams like lied about his experience in 9-11 i actually read this article that i thought was interesting that there's a a ton of people who lie about their experience on 9-11 and there's a ton of people who don't really 
have like very weird, vague, strange <laughs> memories of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's like really common. Like a lot of therapists have reported that like people who were down there that day, it's like, and which, which could make sense just from like how insane it was, sure, but sure. that people just that people don't have these, like they don't have these clear cut memories. There's a lot of like foggy memories and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, so. the, the other thing, and I want to give pool house some time for his spiel too. Um, but I, I just the other thing about this was like there's this clip that I, I was able to find this of the uh, BBC um, announcing that the World Trade Center number seven building seven had collapsed. And in the background of the shot of the woman reporting this, you can see building seven still standing. So it's like uh-huh, she's uh-huh. announcing that it's collapsed. You can see it in the background that it hasn't collapsed yet. And of course, now it's like you can only find this on a on like deep internet yeah, or whatever. So but after 4 p.m., news outlets began reporting that the building had collapsed. We are getting information now that one of the other buildings, Building Seven, in the World Trade Center complex, is on fire and has either collapsed or is collapsing. We've got some news just coming in, actually, that the Salomon Brothers building in New York, right in the, uh, the heart of Manhattan, has also collapsed. Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago, I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing. And indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were. And it seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Presumably there were very few people in the Salomon building when it collapsed. I mean, there were, I suppose, fears of possible further collapses around the area. That's what you would hope, because this whole downtown area behind me has been completely sealed off and evacuated, apart from the emergency workers. That was done by the mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Jane, I think many of us, when we heard the news, perhaps on the radio earlier today, were uh, completely flabbergasted by it and, and just couldn't un- comprehend it. I mean, it was, it almost sounded too far-fetched. Um, I was wondering what it's felt like for you being in Manhattan. Well, unfortunately, I think we've lost the line with uh, Jane Stanley in Manhattan. Perhaps we can rejoin her and follow that up later. Where did CNN and BBC get their information, especially considering the building was still standing directly behind their reporters? Yeah, um... Uh, Larry but, Silverstein then, too. Doesn't he say something? Were you gonna say? I don't know. Like oh, he says yeah, something yeah. about he, like, we we had to rip it. He says like pull I it. think it's like we pull it, yeah, uh, to an interview or our, our friend Larry uh, over there admitted it basically, like that they they demoed it. Is this you? I want that building gone. You're going to blow it up. Controlled demolition is very expensive. And it takes weeks of planning. Don't worry, let Pullet Demolition save the day. Thanks to thermal expansion, a newly discovered law of physics, it is now miraculously easy to pull any building. No more of your hard-earned dollars wasted on old-fashioned explosives. No more waiting weeks for a demolition plan. We pull it the same day. That's right, same day service with our Pullet Promise. Seven hours, or it's free. 
At Pullet Demolition, we guarantee a perfectly symmetrical straight-down collapse every time. So there's no danger to nearby structures. Call today to see what our highly trained technicians and our cutting-edge portable combustion technology can do for you. The smartest thing to do is Pullet Demolition. Seven hours or it's free. Call 1-800-7-PULLET. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is, is pull it. Uh, and they made that decision to pull. And then we watched the building collapse. He said, yeah, and I told him to pull it. And then later after the fact, he said he was talking about there was a fire fighter brigade in there. And when he said pull it, he meant pull it, pull them out of the building because it was going to collapse. Um, but this, again... Building seven, no one talks about it. No one's really aware that it collapsed. It was not struck by a plane. It was just vaguely close to the buildings that yeah. had. And it again collapsed in an obviously sort of controlled demolition fashion. <laughs> and I think it would have been the operations center for an emergency, if I'm not mistaken. There's something that like, it was because the NYPD had a thing. I think it was where Giuliani was supposed to be stationed. And so because it was compromised, it led to like sort of this chaos and decentralization of like their, you know, their, their planned response, what mm. they would normally do. And which there was a lot of that day. There was a lot of just uh, not being able to follow your planned response, I guess, you know, a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion for sure. Interesting. And um well we and, should we, we should we should let pool house riff at no some no point. we yeah. keep going it's okay no no notes. the one last thing i wanted to say was oh this is so weird is the um there's this other weird part of the attack that was sort of like t memory hold where um they announced like on the september 11th that there was um another planned attack that like the fbi was able to prevent, which was a bombing of the George Washington Bridge um, with a mm. like a truck filled with explosives, also by like Al Qaeda or Muslim terrorists or whatever. And then that they just like took it back and kind of after the that day of they like never mentioned it again. Hmm. That's so, interesting. I think yeah. I recommend that the 9-11 report or commission report isn't great for a lot of reasons, but their actual, the first like 30 or 40 pages or so where they just describe like the official narrative is actually still really interesting that you have to kind of maybe read between the lines. But one thing I was, I, I was struck by was like uh, lots of re false reports within the government. Government was like getting like misreporting to each other. And there was like a lot of, uh, allegations of other hijackings of other uh, imminent threats that were going to happen that day and it kind of just you know made the fear cascade and it propelled that kind of environment uh, and then famously congress uh, the plane i guess that was shot down or, or crashed in shanksville was supposed to go to the capitol and there was you know, they evacuated the capitol i think it was very dramatic they love to traumatize imagine the aoc on 9-11 oh my god i just thought <laughs> of that he's so insufferable but like they like really traumatize those people i think to you know facilitate the pa passage of the Patriot Act, which was ready and well, she was allegedly she would have allegedly been in New York. I've never heard her talk about that. We should try to get her on record. Oh my God, she did. She would have been. She would have been. She would have been roughly my age in New York. We're the same age. We're both. We're both. I think thirty five. I'm turning thirty five. I think she's thirty five. So. 
We'll try to get her on record. <laughs> well, it was so funny. She has like a weird role. It was like AOC has actually found the passports for some reason. Like she was in Manhattan. Like she has some creepy kind of weird. I mean, the thing, the rumor I've always heard is that AOC didn't even live in New York. She actually lived in like a nice house in Westchester, yeah. which is like a nice suburb. So. No, it's true. I've seen the house. <laughs> so she probably so maybe she's maybe she doesn't talk about it because she has no like walking <laughs> story. She was just in her like you know nice four-bedroom house in the suburbs <laughs> at prep school I'll, another thing is the patriot act which i think we talked about before with our okc episode was actually drafted by joe biden in mm-hmm. the wake of the oklahoma city bombing and was passed i think what within like days after 9 11 i want to say i actually found the footage of the alleged crash into the pentagon um it, it is incredibly weird and grainy. <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now. It's the only footage they could find or whatever. It's like there must be cameras all over that place. It's insane. It's right. Insane. I'm literally watching it right now and you can't, you cannot see a plane. It just looks like the Pentagon <laughs> is sitting there. And then, yeah, you, you don't even see the plane. You literally do not see a plane. It just explodes. That's the actual footage. I just looked at it. Anyway, go ahead. The missing trillions didn't go towards CGI, I guess, for sure. uh, But I guess, oh, the Patriot Act, uh, people tried to oppose it. I think one was like, I want to say Tom Daschle was a senator from South Dakota. Ended up being actually, unfortunately, the recipient of the anthrax attack. Like there was this mm. anthrax thing that happened after 9-11 also. Kind of like a, in, I don't know, it was like in the Amerithrax. days after. Yeah, Amerithrax where all these, you know, uh, media outlets and politicians received like, uh, yeah, anthrax laced letters. And, and, and with that one, they actually, again, the official narrative is that the anthrax came from Fort Detrick, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. like a bio defense yeah, yeah. lab yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so well, they, they yeah. framed it again on a lone nut who was blah 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 and he you know but okay take that for what it, it that it's a whole ass rabbit hole on its own yeah. but it was it was a scary it was a, a subsequent trauma i would say it was like a very weird scary thing happening it definitely i think was used to intimidate those specific outlets perhaps from like you know reporting anything counter to the official narrative uh and yeah all this yeah and then grease the wheels of course for uh the afghani war which was i think it was october 1st it was very very shortly afterwards also we were bombing like this random country and it it, it didn't make sense to me i remember who said the that they would turn over bin laden if the U- the u.s could provide any evidence that he was responsible for the attacks and um bin laden initially denied responsibility for the attacks there's no footage of him actually claiming responsibility for the attacks the the media did trot out all these clips of him talking about it but the the translation is very disputed and even like the stuff that he's saying it's all just very vague it's like you know the uh, we support jihad against the american empire and stuff like that you know it's not convincing. I don't know. I, I feel like there were multiple Osama bin Ladens in that period. Like you'd see different. He looks videos. different in all of them. Yeah, like some his hair is like way more gray and stuff. Yeah, it was so blatant. I don't know. If he's hiding out in this cave, that didn't you say a that they built his little cavern that he's hiding out at in Tora Bora? Like could they it, did. did they forget to like bug it or like leave a back door or like <laughs> access? It's surprising. Uh huh. 
I and then know. he wasn't even in Afghanistan when they found him. So, dang. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There was so much. There was so many lies. You're triggering me now because I'm thinking about the Bush like two era. I call it Bush Bush two, but like it was it was a it was filled with lies and it was like really it really was very transparent. A lot of this and it was it was scary too. You know, I I don't know how much I questioned nine eleven. I, I questioned some of what was going on at that time. I remember thinking, okay, this is like they're 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 fudging some of the details. It was not until I, read I that actually Michael remember Rupert looking thing, you know? into it at a fairly young age, like in high school, kind mm-hmm. of being like, hmm, like maybe these people aren't insane for like talking about this. You know, I wasn't well, like convinced and I didn't have the, the whole backdrop that I do now on all this. But yeah, it was. Well, they tried to make, of course, everyone who believed uh, or was talking about this out to be anti-American, first of all, like against, you know, the victims, against the like real official narrative made you against uh, America, which is like, you know, great. I I remember all that shit. Proud to be an American, (laughs) where at least I know I'm free. Imagine how bad it was in Texas. (laughs) I cannot. No. Okay. Radicals ass Santa Cruz, like leftist fucking communist Santa Cruz where I was at. Like it was shocking how much there was of that. It actually kind of really startled and it's kind of scared me too because we had the memorials. People were putting those up on like the fences, you know, with just like flowers and stuff and it really did. I remember thinking like, oh wow, they like kind of like these are the people who would like would rejoice you know about this i would think i mean you know? every flag every neighbor every house in my neighborhood had an american flag because yeah. mm-hmm. if you didn't put it out you felt like yeah what are you implying you know <laughs> are you a muslim it was the beginning of like, the like yeah the death of the left you know how they become like what they are today starts i really feel like there that's when they kind of got them a little bit they got they got the hooks in you know yeah so I don't know if there's anything we left out. We didn't super get into Lucky Larry. Basically, that's Larry Silverstein, the dude that bought the buildings and made a billion and a half dollars from his insurance policy against terrorist attacks within a few months. And uh, he went, worked at the tower every day, loved showing it off and meeting with his big wig, blah, blah, blah. His daughter also worked in the towers and both happened to not be present on the day of the attacks, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, the doctor. Well, yeah, I guess lots of high, high profile people. Can I ask, so can I ask like the, what the schizo one? Cause maybe like Pool House can answer this for me. <laughs> yeah. What is the like, there were truly no planes conspiracy theory I, okay well there's okay, i've heard i've heard that there's um there's different things so i would put that under like direct energy weapons took down the towers there were no okay. planes they were holograms um right. i think those are kind of crazy i don't know about i'm trying to think any other really i kind of believe the face of satan uh, theory uh, in the picture of the smoke <laughs> going down there's like a still frame of like the uh, collapsing tower with this like demonic ass face like i think that's real so like whatever like uh take it or leave it but i think that's the probably the most schizo is like yeah i think that and those kind of have always felt to me like uh traps kind of kind of like um i don't know i'm trying to think of an analogous analogous uh version of that like with covid or something else but like kind of just like they felt like disinfo traps a little bit you know like things that were being said it's interesting to bring up because like right now there's a lot of like direct energy weapon shit with hawaii and stuff yeah right well and and for the record directed energy weapons do exist they are real that is again wikipedia you can look there talk all about it they're real people think that's like what was going on with the havana syndrome thing with people getting like weird headaches and stuff 
Um, I would say I think it's more likely. It, it is true that those weapons do exist. And I think, though, it would make there's a lot of evidence or the more convincing theory to me is that thermite explosives like kind of like almost a thermonuclear device was set off in the towers that kind of goes back to like this idea of like uh renovations or some kind of like projects being done and eyewitnesses saying a lot of like people coming into the tower late the towers late at night and then the weeks leading up to 9-11 um and then you have like the the disposal of all the wreckage they like got rid of ground zero wreckage so fast and got like shipped it out of there and one theory for why they did that would be because of the radioactive traces and i think mm-hmm. there is some lab that studied uh some piece of it and did find thermite traces find or whatever thermite, you yeah. know so there is some evidence to this and it's of course hard to you know prove or disprove anything like, and now, there's also related to the that is that Kroll, I forget what it's called, Kroll, Kroll Inc. or Kroll yeah. and Associates, that's right, who's the fa- Jules Kroll, the father of Nick Kroll, the like sus mm-hmm. comedian, Kroll whatever, um, <laughs> yeah, runs uh, this this shady, basically kind of deep state affiliated um, private security agency yes, that, yes. that was mm-hmm. responsible for security in the World Trade Centers. <laughs> One of the most schizo things I've ever read is like an 11,000 like word essay from this woman who was a stand-up comedian who claims she's basically gang stalked by Nick Kroll and like bullied and, and tormented because she went up against him for some some reason. But it was very convincing to be honest, but like he is says that agency is very sus. They're involved. I, I can't he's think so, of it. So he's so sus. He made the most like pedophile pedophilic <laughs> like show I've ever heard of in my like I've never I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Big Mouth is like disgusting and should be taken off tv it's like <laughs> children having sex and it's gross Never he's weird mm-hmm. inappropriate I'm not seen it but yeah they they turn up in other uh <laughs> other operations i guess i don't know the whole yeah everybody involved and then the canada fitzgerald thing there's this whole firm there where they lost the, the plane hit their office and I, I don't know a lot but i think one of the owners was not was not present but there are a lot of people die there it's very sad and i think I don't know. There, there's, uh, I think there's lines of investigation into like the types of things that they were working on and who their their clients were and, and what happened. Uh, you know, what happened. Well, I think it's. I do think it's weird because I remember even as a child finding it super strange that not even three thousand people had died because I was just thinking about like those huge buildings that densely populated. You know what I mean? Like it, it does seem like a shockingly low. And I even remember that day, I'm sure I'll never find this footage, but like, I remember that day them saying stuff like it could be as high as like Mm 20,000. Like I remember like pundits like saying like, you know, we have no, we'll have no idea. And then like the number ended up being relatively speaking, incredibly small. And it's like, it's, it is weird. I mean, I guess it is what eight, but that's it's not that early, really. I mean, like eight yeah. forty-five in the morning. I mean, a lot of people are at work by then, you know. I mean, that's a packed. That's a that area of Manhattan is extremely packed by eight forty-five in the morning. So I don't know. I don't it's know. Just, but when so, you subtract out all the Jews, is it that crowded? Because I don't think any of them were there for some reason. I'm, well, I'm told. I'm told. I'm told. <laughs> But I have wondered, because, you know, that's the anti-Semitism, which is, I've been making the joke, anti-Semitism so hot right now. Um, I have wondered the the amount of, uh, you know, all those firms had, you know, are Jewish firms. And I wondered the amount of 
Jewish people who died on 9-11 <laughs> Like, was there, like, did they, like... And then also there's other funny ones besides... Well, what were you going to say about the Jews first? <laughs> oh, I'll just quickly say there were reports at one point early on that there was some kind of messaging service that, that was an like Israeli instant message, kind of like AIM or something, that sent out a message before 9-11. They're not verified, but that's, like, kind of the source of, I think, this report of, like, the, or this idea that no Jews went to work that day. I will say every person that didn't go to work did happen to be Jewish, but it was a coincidence. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's true. But there is like, there's a lot of sus things. I mean, at center of finance, you know, I don't think, I don't personally have like a, a, a Jew centric view of, I guess, 9-11. It, it's kind of not irrelevant like because a, of one the, of the conspiracy East, things is that like Mossad did it and it was. In yeah. Mossad did it is definitely one. But uh, yeah, well, I, I don't mean, personally subscribe to that. And actually, I, w- I would argue that <laughs> anti-Semitism, it's kind of like a, it, it's kind of a hard, I mean, it's kind of a hard one to shoehorn into 9-11, specifically because it's the most, probably the most Jewish area of America, possibly the world is lower Manhattan. <laughs> so I'm just kind of, it's interesting that if they wanted to, you know, if, if Jews were doing it, why would they pick like the, you know, Tel Aviv exactly. part two, Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv the sequel. And many Jews <laughs> died on 9-11. I've been to the memorial, it's true. Like I will say like, of course many Jews died on 9-11. I will say where it does get difficult because even on a, a geopolitical, like non-conspiracy basis, if you're talking about 9-11, you're also talking about Middle East policy, which of course implicates Israel. So if you can't ever talk about Israel in any kind of negative or critical way without being anti-Semitic, then there is a huge anti-Semitism. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Similar to what you were talking about with directed energy weapons being kind of a disinformation thing, I I view that like the disinformation ops will always frame the conspiracy narrative in, in like the most anti-Semitic terms Mm -hmm. to therefore make it off limits to discussion. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's kind of where that framing of it is coming from is like saying Mm -hmm. the Jews did it to make conspiracy theorists Mm anti-Semitic. You see it on BitChute all the time. If you look at the comments on the conspiracy videos, they're all Mm -hmm. really anti-Semitic. And it's like Mm -hmm. sometimes videos that don't even talk about anything remotely related to that. And it's just the way that the the agencies, you know, they smear these videos by posting those comments to discredit them. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So our friends on the the conspiracy left aren't going to like this uh, conversation. Oh, I forgot about that. There's also (laughs) one last thing I want to mention is the, you know, the the famous Donald Trump conspiracy theory that the, that the Muslims were all (laughs) dancing in the streets in New Jersey. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think it's worth mentioning that because it's just funny. Because northern New Jersey is lots of Muslims. Okay. <laughs> this is brain. a thing, though. This is a thing. CNN did <laughs> air footage. Okay. This is a true story. And it's hard for me to find this now. But okay. That day, CNN aired footage, or one of the networks aired footage of rejoicing Middle Easterners. It was footage unrelated. It was unrelated to 9 11. It was from some previous uh, recording. And it was put out there. And it was. I, I don't know. It was talked about at the time. It was documented that this was a big snafu, that this footage ended up on the air. People thought that they saw this. So I have always given Trump credit for that because I think you, I could see where he could have gotten mixed up because I think that this happened. I think they showed this and it was admitted to be a mistake later. And, you know, it wasn't the biggest story in the world at the time. So I think, you know, it's harder to find the evidence now. But that's my anecdotal evidence. I would do an affidavit. 
I also, I also, I'm shoehorning like a few, few, just like all these final thoughts I wanted to make. But I, re- I was in college, I guess, when Osama bin Laden allegedly, whatever, whoever, whoever they killed, they killed him. Um, and I remember when they showed all the footage of like people my age, like dancing in the streets in DC and stuff. That felt super crisis actory oppy. Like, yeah, because I remember thinking, I was like, who are these people? Like. Well, like, they did that I, even with the Saddam, the, the video of uh, the Iraqis toppling the Saddam statue. That was, yeah. again, you can look that up on Wikipedia. That was staged by the you, the military. Yeah, and I just remember feeling, even in, in college, even being a super lib, I remember, I remember it just looking back, it just, it's like, it seems like there was some weird encouragement to, like, get all these sort of like young, vital, white looking college students out into the streets in DC to make it seem like there was this huge, I don't know, <laughs> but I, it was just, yeah, it seemed weird. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, when right. You were talking about the news earlier, I guess, I, I, I guess just quickly, it's just that uh, it's like seeing ops on the news that 9-11 footage helped me understand how to do that. That and the 7-7 bombings, which mm-hmm. was a related UK bombing. I talked about this with mm-hmm. KB once, but like once I'd seen that, going back and watching the footage, watch footage during a disaster, any kind of shooting, especially like mass shooting and listen to the like people who get interviewed. A lot of them don't sound like organic people. That's all I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Man, you hear this bullshit they be talking. Every day, man, it's like these motherfuckers is just like professional liars, you know what I'm saying? It's wow. Listen. Ben Laden didn't blow up projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth. Pledge no allegiance, nigga, fuck the president's speeches I'm baptized by America and covered in leeches The dirty water that bleaches your soul and your facial features Drowning you in propaganda that they spit through the speakers And if you speak about the evil that the government does The Patriot Act to track you to the type in your blood They try to frame you and say you was trying to sell drugs And throw a federal indictment on niggas to show you love This shit is run by fake Christians, fake politicians Look at their mansions and look at the conditions you live in All they talk about is terrorism on Television, they tell you to listen, but they don't really tell you their mission. They funded Al Qaeda, and now they blame the Muslim religion. Even though Bin Laden was a CIA tactician, they gave him billions of dollars, and they funded his purpose. Fahrenheit 9/11, that's just scratching the surface. And of course, Saddam Hussein had chemical weapons. We sold them that shit after Ronald Reagan's election. Mercenary contractors fighting a new era. Corporate military banking off the war on terror. They controlling the ghetto with the fear of attack, trying to distract the fact that they engineering the crack so i'm strapped like lee malvo holding a sniper rifle this ain't no alien conspiracy theory this shit is real written on a dollar underneath you may sonic sonic okay we maybe maybe we need to turn this into a into a series because we have so much yeah, more to yeah, say sure. well no yeah. let's we, we gotta get pool houses uh occult symbolism I yeah think, yeah we gotta I, get I, a little bit and, and talk and i want to say i'll have some stuff about what uh 2000 and want a space odyssey as well. oh good good okay I, I thought you were i thought you were trying to wrap it up babe. i was like, trying oh. to just get us to to move on I'm so sorry. We let's, talk. let's do this and let me just say if i disappear on the screen it's because it's because i left <laughs> but you guys should finish that okay, part up if you see even if you see me bounce off Go yeah, ahead. For sure, for sure. We don't want it to be like too epic. We want it to be digestible. I guess I would just I want to highlight. I guess a few things. We don't have to go super deep into the occult. There's. I'll say this. There is a uh, conspiracy theory of the idea that 9/11 is like a ritual of some sort 
Um, it's kind of akin to like the Michael Hoffman. In fact, he, he bases his theory uh, on Michael Hoffman's kind of works, uh, you know, the uh, deconstruction of these events through their kind of symbolism, um, which Another is... Another one being the JFK assassination. JF- exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's like JFK, uh, you, you can do this with any event. It's based off of uh, James Shelby Downard. He has this thing called he- mystical toponymy, but it's essentially a science of symbols, which is also like what Freemasonry is. Like Freemasonry is like basically a, a science of symbolism, uh, and they're kind of doing the same thing, which is just like decoding, I guess, through like meaning. Um, so there's this book. It's by this guy like uh, Bain. I don't know. He wrote a whole book on it. It's interesting, but I, I don't know. I, I don't buy it completely, just some of his his conclusions, because a lot of times these can be kind of reductive, I guess, when they people write about these these topics. But just looking at things like the numbers and the, the symbols, I don't know. Have you been familiar with this, like A or, or Q, like in, in, in this context? I am. <laughs> I am, yeah. I mean, I've seen the like. I, I've read Hoff enough Hoffman and seen the photos of like the tarot cards and the way the way okay. the body's moving and all that stuff. So, for sure. So I don't know. I for me, I there's definitely something to this idea that well, a a there's a lot of synchronicities around nine eleven. There's a lot, like so many weird coincidences, like and moments of like pseudo prediction. You guys sent me that video about like Back to the Future, which has all this like weird like, symbolism. Mm-hmm. You know, there's countless instances um, where things just like weirdly foreshadow 9-11. I don't know. So I find that interesting. And then this idea of the symbolism, it is interesting because they like the twin towers are and they're like this, like I guess, new formalist design or whatever uh, by like whatever that, are, that Japanese guy's name is. He's probably a Freemason because I think they they all are. But it's like um, two towers. The architect of the Pentagon um, was a Freemason. No surprise. And I feel you like can the, talk about the pe- the Pentagon too, right? The five pointed uh, star. Exactly. But yeah, but, sorry, don't mean no, to no, no, that. no. And that's well, it is. There's there is a relation, but I guess uh, yeah. This guy like designed these towers really starkly, and I was thinking about what it must have been like for like people to have those suddenly in the skyline because they were like. First of all, it's a big 11, which is kind of crazy. There's, like, these two giant, like, plain-ass towers. Like, I don't... I don't know. I can imagine people not loving it. They, and they stuck out, you know, too. They weren't They weren't actually that popular. I've read about this. They weren't, uh, in my very minimal research, they weren't that popular when they first got built. New Yorkers did not like them. Hmm. I thought surprised. they were ugly, yeah. <laughs> they are. I mean, they were ugly. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. <laughs> well, and they are. They are ugly, and they have that like weird uh, structures over the windows. You know, that's like almost like prison bars. I don't know. I, I thought they were like it's like an, it. They are like kind of hell towers in this weird way because they're like these weird like d- big like just columns that have these like yeah like essentially like this. I don't know what they were made of right now, but they were these like kind of panels, you know, over the front of the windows. The kind of straight and think about window. how pretty. How, think about how pretty the Empire State Building is. The Chrysler Building, Thank these you. like beautiful, mm-hmm. these like Thank beautiful you. Art Deco buildings. Like these were hideous. To Thank you. Know, you. So, yeah. Exactly, and they come down and they have these weird tridents that all those beams come down to the bottom at like the shape of a trident, which is kind of associated, I guess, with uh, you know, Neptune or the devil. They're like they're pitchforks, basically. I guess I don't know. Um, and so I guess I was looking into like the symbolism of these towers and they go back to like there is this kind of concept in freemasonry of like the two towers or whatever two pillars of the temple of solomon what do they call it? it's like yokum and boaz they, they named the towers of solomon because they're like obsessed with like the temple of solomon it's destruction or whatever oh it's destruction by the way yeah so it says these two towers that got destroyed and they represent kind of like the gateway to like their temple or whatever um and also to like the altar they put like two pillars on either side of their altar so there's kind of this like uh subliminal symbolism i guess in the idea of two towers and it, it comes up i feel like a lot in in history 
uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll go on really quickly. Where it comes up a lot, where I really think this is uh, relevant, is like predictive programming is not the right word for it almost because there's this there's this idea of like things foreshadowing it uh and people think um these clues or these like stories maybe come from like a plant where someone writes out a script and, and tells people to put them places but i feel like it's almost more like a weird coincidence or a weird synchro mystical thing that's happening where all these like things kind of line up over space and time and it starts it goes all the way back to like the, the bible is kind of the first instance of like a, a significant tower story there's a story the bible of the tower of babel right where it's kind of like destroyed i don't know and that's in genesis book 11 chapter uh chapter 11 verses 1 through 9 which i also found kind of significant i don't know i don't know if i should go on i will just say this so there's like this kind of subliminal notion It's it's a foundational myth right so it's a foundational idea it's significant it's actually a really short story i was surprised like i read it it was like uh i thought there'd be more to this (laughs) and it's basically these people come together to build a a tower for a one world they're like we need to build this thing because we're all one people and then god smites them it's not really clear why it seems like they're doing a good thing and it says he like he he scatters them across the earth and names it babel like after the fact and he makes them speak he makes them speak all different languages that's that's how they claim languages happened exactly exactly and so it's just like a weird they they got uppity they were they were trying to (laughs) they were getting close to heaven yeah it's interesting it says in there that they're building yeah up to heavens it says there's like a i guess a zodiac was painted on the the ceiling of of babel uh in this very short verse it just it was surprising to me that such a significant book was well it's it's it says before the that all, all, everyone you know all humanity spoke one language and they could mm-hmm. understand each other it's to me it's almost like sort of a pre-civilization or something kind of metaphor and then you have then they built this tower right mm-hmm. and then as a result of that it's sort of like a um tech like a embracing of technology or something like mm-hmm. that right mm-hmm. like they they had advanced to the point where they could build this tower and then as a result of that they're shattered and um sort of condemned to mm-hmm. sp- not being able to understand one another and it confused me at first until i guess i realized like the tower is like a connection to the heavens like they're actually trying to like yeah technology is right but it's like uh, to become gods i guess essentially mm-hmm. because the tower is like essentially a symbol of like yeah a, a connection yeah from the world to the, to the heavens essentially um and like the, the, like obelisks in ancient egypt are like essentially like the, the prototype for this kind of like concept of a tower and they represent like the, the pharaoh's grave but they they symbolize like his connection to like the, the god or whatever you know and his like and that equilibrium kind of between the heavens and the earth so it's like really foundational like just simple i thought it was interesting i thought it's interesting that the freemasons have a whole like mystical view that they, they view these two towers as kind of like the um the gates to like secret knowledge sort of or to their inner sanctum uh and then it comes up well, yeah and that tarot card depicts like this like you know towering inferno <laughs> so it's just I don't, it's a weird image recycled through history um and then the year that the like world trade centers were built Actually, it's a year after the, the movie Towering Inferno comes out. It's based on two books that were released right before, 1973 and 1974. And it's just like interesting to me that this like uh, idea of a, a burning tower building comes out like right as this World Trade Center is, you know, opened. It's a coincidence, you know, but it's like still ties to this like kind of fundamental symbolism of like a destroyed world tower. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's super interesting. And so one thing that, um 
yeah like the michael hoffman book um uh, secret societies and psychological warfare um it's it's pretty much about kind of like the symbolic meaning of these different freemason or like various sort of occult secret societies um belief system and it was written in 1995 um but it was about sort of the um it really emphasized um the year 2001 and the symbolic meaning behind that um as well as other sort of relevant things like the the um, what it, it represented, what like a change in the millennium, right? And sort of yes. like a new in, initiating a uh-huh. new era. And that it was actually 2001 is actually the first year of the new millennium, not, not mm-hmm. 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put a lot of significance on that. And um, that also two becoming one, right? Like this, mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. idea. And mm-hmm. so like the, the, these tower two ta- what was formerly two towers is now like one, um, giant mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just super interesting to me that this came out before, um, 2001 and, mm-hmm. uh, kind of discusses, emphasizes that. So, and that, that in fact, this would be a significant year for, Freemasons sort of doing something mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, symbolically mm-hmm. usher in a new, <laughs> exactly, a new era. Yeah. No, for um, sure. And and um, also on the cover of that book is um, what looks pretty much exactly like <laughs> the monolith mm-hmm. from the Kubrick film, 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I had some thoughts as I was watching, I watched it for the first time, like last weekend. Um, and yeah, it was just interesting, like a lot of occult kind of symbolism in there. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. with the focus on the year 2001. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the entire, I guess, ritual complex as one, one author calls it uh, down by world trade center is, um, right across church street. There's the millennium hotel, which is a Hilton hotel. It's shaped like the monolith. If you look at it, it's a fucking, it's meant to look like the monolith. It was opened in the eighties. It was interesting. It was opened and they spelled it millennium hotel originally with one N. So M I L L like whatever, just, just uh. one N. And I thought that was interesting. Cause I was like, why would they do that? And they said to make it stand out. And I thought, I did it mean like to emphasize the L's in like, cause they look like the twin towers mm. and i was like oh wow the twin towers are like the elves in millennium which is like a, a schizo thought but there is a lot of like alignment of these like just uh symbols these kind of like images uh pop mm-hmm. up even the world trade center yeah kind of looks like a, a split monolith in a right way, that's know? what i i mean to me the monolith definitely um resembles the twin towers i mean Absolutely, just this yeah. black kind of elongated rectangle you know mm-hmm. So in wait, so can I tell you this really quick? In, in the in the center of those towers, there's like a place like Tobin Plaza was like where uh, they had like a little park or whatever. There was an artwork called Cloud Fortress uh, that was two pyramids, the Giza pyramids. They're just side by side. Uh, there's like another object called the Sphere, which actually survived the 
World Trade Center disaster is like right behind it. And it's like a big weird kind of globe. And it's like a rising star or planet object behind the two pyramids. Those two now are gone. And that, that where that is now is the Oculus, which is oh. like named for like uh, an Oculus. Obviously, these uh, the idea of an Oculus too, it, it means I, I guess, you know, in, in Latin or whatever. Uh. But it's in the temples. They're in, I think actually in Jewish temples, they do exist as well. But I think they go back to like old ancient kind of like mystery religion temples, uh, putting in that kind of pole in the sky to kind of, you know, have this kind of shaft of light. And that shaft of light is kind of synonymous in kind of, I guess, the Egyptian uh, religions and, and mystery traditions. And it's like the, like the obelisk, like the obelisk is that beam of light that's coming down from there. So I you know it was just interesting to me that the Oculus is kind of like the eye on the pyramid in a sense. It kind of replaced those two pyramids. They became one, which was the, the, the new weird Oculus structure that looks like, like a big eye. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe skits. So there. Wait. Do you want? Can I tell you this? Tell me if this is weird. There was a piece of art there called Bent Propeller. I have never seen this object, but it was a big bent propeller, which I associate with a plane at first. It's from uh-huh. a ship, I guess. But it was there since 1970, and I just thought a piece of wrecked, a wreckage like vessel that was like on display. Yeah. I just think it's it's interesting. Uh, there was also a piece there called Skygate, which I thought was it was kind of ugly. It was inside, but it was like I, the, all the art that was kind of destroyed. And the reason I mentioned the art is um, the idea of it of ritual and symbolism in like Freemasonry and things like that. These art objects are essentially like artifacts of, of a ritual i mean they're they're deeply connected to like the tradition of like these mystery these mystery religions art is an expression of of, of belief and, and faith in a lot of ways interesting yeah uh, but yeah and then yeah i don't know i mean i just i um i thought it was super interesting just thinking about this as w- watching 2001 and like how the the um monolith it, it, well first of all it's it's clearly like an alien it's kind of account basically what they're doing is accounting for like human evolution mm-hmm. and increase basically at these certain pivot points involve crucial pivot points in history um based on like embracing advanced technology sort of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's introduced by this the appearance uh, at different points of the this monolith, which is supposed to be like an alien kind of intervention. Artifact. It's not necessarily a being or yeah, but yes, yeah, an artifact perhaps that kind of initiates these changes. And mm-hmm. it just reminded me of um, even just what you were saying about the Tower of Babel and this sort mm-hmm. of symbolism there. Mm-hmm. Well, it initiates, so it's like it's time for 2001 as the new millennium. So it would be like a significant point if you were to be doing some kind of like ritual, if you did believe in like kind of the meaning of the symbols or the, or the connections to like an, an esoteric or inner world, that would be an opportune uh, time to do something like that. And it's hard to conceive of something like, um, I guess, like a mass terrorist event as like a ritual and to what degree how much of it is choreographed it's it's hard to say but it, i mean i i don't know just it's it, it their, their canvas may be a little bit strange but it's kind of like on a global scale they're kind of doing it in the ancient world they did these religions kind of more locally and i think in order to initiate in a way like this new world order uh which by the way the first time that george hw bush mentions new world order is in a speech on 9 11 1990 he, he says we're going to have it or build a new world order or whatever uh to initiate something like that you need to do a ritual on a, a global scale that can be disseminated everywhere and i think the idea of symbols having kind of like a um 
unknown or unperceptible or imperceptible kind of influence on us is very possible to me. I think there's a lot to the, the mystery of like how symbols and symbolism works and, and images. And clearly, you know, all that repetition of those towers being destroyed, obviously trauma, but beyond that, who knows, mm-hmm. especially keeping in mind like the collective unconscious and that we have this notion of a, a destroyed tower. Like why do we have this prediction or this like uh, fantasy mm-hmm. almost or desire for it? Where does that come from? And like, what is this real mystery of Babel too? Cause like, there is a, uh, there's, there's something too that I think secret or that story that uh, is, would be helpful to unlock. I, uh, I'll get there eventually, I guess, but like <laughs> it is, um, it is quite, it is quite mysterious to me. You know, Babel means confusion. So it's, uh, and there, there is we're in an age you know, of chaos, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's a very potent story for our times. Well, and, and also the idea behind these kind of rituals being that um, the alchemical processing of humanity, um, essentially as a sort of um, initiation into their um, belief system. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you can clearly see that, say, even if it wasn't, you know, done for that purpose, it certainly had that effect, right? Like, um, it changed the whole world forever. I think in a way that nothing else had perhaps maybe up until COVID and, um, and made people, it basically kind of had this processing effect where suddenly people were much more amenable to basically the idea of like a new world order and trust the experts, trust the science, all this stuff kind of, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know very interesting i think you're totally right it's directly connected it's it's a way of like channeling the the powers of heaven in a way or kind of recreating Babel in some ways of like uh being the ones that deliver the lightning bolts this time and kind of unleashing the the scattering of themselves i don't know there's there's definitely something to Babel. i wonder i don't know actually where like i know where killing killing of the king came from uh in terms of a concept uh uh in, in Hoffman in, in downer terms, but I don't know where, if there's like a list of like rituals that they were drawing from, like where that came from. Mm-hmm. I, there's got to be something around, you know, t- Babel, just because it is depicted on the tarot and the tarot is associated with uh, like secret traditions and, and whatnot. But I don't know, it does feel like to me, yeah, you're right. Even at the very base level, just the trauma alone had such an effect to allow the security state to advance and these new apparatuses to unfold. But even beyond that, could there be something? more sinister and more uh you know organizing and, and even crazier than that like i'm more increasingly likely to believe so i guess and i don't know there's still a lot of questions either way you know mm-hmm. i mean the symbolism is just it's very interesting and i don't know uh yeah it, there is and then just the coincidences like the mm-hmm. the music that comes out i i have a whole list of like all the weird things just the the day that 9-11 happened was like the release day. So like there's a, um, or, or on or around 9-11, I should say, because like mm-hmm. a, a band called Dream Theater, you might be familiar with them. I think they're like a prog mm-hmm. rock group. They release System scenes from New York. Down. Yeah. Okay. So System of a Doubt is a whole ass trip. Like that's a whole thing to dissect. But there, yeah, songs on that album with like Ariel's uh, Toxicity. The lyrics really kind of paint a jet pilot. The lyrics uh, paint an image of 9-11. Um, 
the Dream Theater album is called Scenes from New York. It live. They had some album, I think, called that. Oh, wow. It's the live one. And the picture, the original cover has the skyline on fire with the oh. World Trade Center in, in the middle. They had to replace it, uh, which is just, it's kind of wild. And there's a few other instances of the band um, Explosions in the Sky. They're like an indie rock group. Mm. Uh, put out an album. Uh, it has a really long, weird title, but they had artwork in the jacket that said, This plane will crash tomorrow. That came out like a week before 9 11. Uh, and there's many, a group called I, I Am World Trade Center uh, released an album. They were like an indie rock group. They came out uh, in the summer before with a song called September, which I thought is interesting. Just like these coincidences. And I don't think that there's an intentional, you know, conspiracy behind that. I think it's more of a subconscious, like, uh, uncovering of sorts, like a, a scattering of the information, like, kind of almost backwards in time from 9 11. Like, people really dialed into this, like, moment that was going to happen but i, I do think there, there's something it unexplainable about it all you know the, there's all kinds of clips of media you can see like cartoon so shows and mm -hmm. uh movies of planes mm -hmm. flying into the twin towers and yeah it's, mm -hmm. ads for the world trade center there's one that's like the closest you'll ever get to heaven it's just like really like <laughs> just have a dark connotation but i've seen images of people like falling out of the world trade center like picture of a man like jumping that is not from that day it's actually like an ad copy for you know an ad or an image for an ad so yeah there's a, and there's many there's like, the list is way too long to list but there's like so many just weird little like coincidences and synchronicities that aren't really explainable through a legitimate conspiracy it's almost more of like a, an unconscious conspiracy mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i don't know what to make of all that either um really it's it's just interesting um, it's fascinating Whew. But it's, we it really seems did like, the... yeah, it seems like we, we, we went too far for Q and he dipped out. But I feel like we lost Q. Maybe he went to go investigate no, more. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's back at the, he's back at the beams. <laughs> went to finish the job. Actually, he should go find out where those beams are coming from. Cause I'm going to go look it up now. I'm like, what the hell? Where did those, what if they come from the sky? That's what I was thinking. Like what if oh, the like world trade center lights are like, like Elon satellites or something. Oh, SpaceX. oh my God. It's, a, <laughs> it's like a trial run for blue beam. Fuck shit. Damn it. Uh, well, oh, here, I'll leave you on this one. I feel like the tower, I read this somewhere and like, I can't get it out of my mind. The new world trade center looks like a giant syringe to me. All I see is vaccine when I look at that fucking tower now. <laughs> and that's an interesting symbol for the, uh, the new, new world orders version of, uh, their, yeah, their new, new world order building, I guess. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. That is interesting. You will never right. unsee it. Well, thank you as always pool house. It's a pleasure um the pleasure was all mine for sure i, I enjoy being with you and, and q I, i'm sorry he dipped out but i totally get it tomorrow is i just said it's his 9 11 yeah Tomorrow's it's just the first past. day of school <laughs> yeah. he, or he's the first day of work for him uh back after some time so like i i get it uh but no it was really great to, to see you guys again yeah, I, and everybody I ch check out check out uh here comes the backlash it's backlash with two k's two k's and you might uh, be like tempted to do 9 11 don't that's my closing, <laughs> my closing thoughts for you. Yeah, I think we can all agree that doing 9-11 is bad, and I encourage everyone not to do it. Do not do it. All right. Peace, everybody.